None to have to wait 21 years to lift the Coupe de France. Real Betis, 17 years to lift the Copa del Rey. Milan, 11 years to finally win a Scudetto. Roma, 14 years to win any trophy, in this case a Conference League. 22 years for Frankfurt to win the Europa League. And it took forever to RB Leipzig to win the DFB Pokal. And Trabzonspor had to wait 38 years to lift the Super League. But don't worry, listeners. You will only have to wait a few months before you see us again. And, side note, hopefully Arsenal won't be waiting as long as some of these. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian Pod, Season 2, Episode 68. It's the final one. My name is Tommaso, and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host... Rory, I can't believe it's the last time. I can't believe it's all over, Tommy. I'm still I'm still coming to terms with it. I'm at the denial stage of facing 10 weeks with no football. 10 I'm, weeks. I, I'm at the denial stage of ending the season one number short of 69. Oh, Damn it. it. Story of my life. Always so close to it, but never <laughs> quite getting there. <laughs> Also, I apologize for the Turkish listeners if I absolutely uh, killed the, the pronunciation of Trabzonspor. It's one of those words that it's always more difficult to, to pronounce than you think it will be. There is a lot to talk about in this episode, but before we start, remember, I will annoy you for the last time this season to give us a follow on Instagram at AngloItalianPod, to give us a follow on Twitter at ItalianAngloPod, and to give a cheeky little follow to our sponsor at Sports Club Maps. Rory, at the denial stage, how are you feeling? It's going to be a bit of a nostalgic episode today. Yeah, it's kind of weird to be looking back on the season when it, it all goes by so quickly. Just, what is it? Just tears in the rain. It all goes so quickly. And to look back on it, um, I'm going to try and make it not too Arsenal-centric and through an Arsenal lens. I think I've been quite even-handed. But now, I honestly just keep improved. getting... I just keep getting annoyed that we've been stolen. We've been robbed of a summer World Cup. We should be preparing for the World Cup. Um, and you should be preparing. We, we, we in Italy wouldn't be preparing. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Actually, day-to-day life here hasn't really changed that much. But, you know, mentally, I would be preparing for a World Cup. But we'll have to wait a little bit longer. Um, Tommy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, there is a lot of humidity in Milan and it's very hot and sticky and it's only May. I love how everybody is commenting. You go at the cafe, you go at the bakers and they're all like, what's it going to be like in August? And you're like, let's not think about it, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to um, be here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, for what concerns the bakers, I guess you can turn off the oven and just cook your bread, <laughs> bake your bread outside. But no, there are a few changes happening in my life. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, no changes related to the Anglo-Italian pod. We will be back stronger than ever with some interesting, uh, what can we call them, Rory? Some interesting... Uh, Developments. Developments. I like it. Very general. But guys, stay tuned because it's our second season of the Anglo-Italian pod. And we're just like, we're not going to quit. We want to keep going. But we've got some ideas in mind to you know to make things a little bigger and better um basically we've survived the second season syndrome we've kept our heads up above the relegation and now we're looking to push on and really you know go for the top 10 i think this analogy has run out of legs no it's fine maybe get a conference league yeah conference league finish yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) a la fiorentina this year rory in this episode what are we going to talk about we're going to of course be talking about 
Mr. Mourinho, Roma, and what was an intriguing Conference League final. I don't think it was a fantastic final, but it was definitely interesting. We'll then be talking about the playoffs um, up this weekend, this week in Serie B and the Championship. And then in our weekly topic, we'll be giving our awards of the season, looking back at the Serie A and Premier League seasons and talking about our favourite players, teams, coaches, moments, goals, memes, etc. But Rory, before we start, what's been your favourite moment of the Angry Italian pod this season? On the spot, oh, we haven't prepared for this one. So um, I think the quality of the interviews this year has, I think, has been really, really good. And we've had some really good guests on who've been really interesting. And that has definitely been my highlight. What about you? I think my highlight has been the fact that we kind of have understood our job better. Like last year, I feel like sometimes... We would get a little panicky about some things. We didn't really know what we were doing. Well, this year, it definitely felt a little more experienced. And they know that we can do it even better. Yeah. Uh, but I hope it sounded more experienced. I'm not sure well, if it well, did. Yeah. Well, I re-listened to our episodes. And I'm always like, yeah, we kind of rock, you know. But probably we should, <laughs> ask, we should ask some external party. But no, the one of my favorite parts of the season was doing the Africa Cup of Nations. Yes, that was a good lot of shout. Fun. That Very good shout. That was that was a, that was a good time. That was a great tournament. I really really enjoyed it. The live stream was amazing. I felt it was really. We got some really good feedback on that as well, without patting ourselves on the back too hard. I think we got some really good feedback on that, so that was good. And before we jump to the Euro review, we just talked about the Africa Cup of Nations final live stream. I have to break a, ter- a, a heartbreaking piece of news to our to our fans and listeners. We won't be able to go live for the Champions League Boo. final. It's all my fault. Actually, it's my mate's fault who is getting married and is throwing a stag do on Saturday night. So I will be racing in a go-kart and then eating meat and drinking beer. and In a t-shirt lip. with nonce number 69 on the back or something. Yeah, just... Touchy I, Tommy or whatever your surname's going to be. <laughs> I have no idea, man. I, I like... I, I I don't know. We <laughs> I would not <laughs> I would not show pictures on Instagram of what that ends up being. But Rory, I believe it's time to inflate our blimp for one last time and go to the Euroview section. Let's do it. Jose Mourinho, shalalalalala. Jose Mourinho, shalalalalala. Jose Mourinho. Sha-la-la-la-la-la, Jose Mourinho. Ladies and gentlemen, after reassessing Rafael Leao, I believe that Mr. Rory Criscuolo has a brand new opinion about a certain Jose Mourinho. Rory, don't don't say to calm down. Last night, you looked pretty excited, weren't you? I was very, very excited. As, like, (laughs) I've kind of been, like, in... And in the closet Roma fan in this pod, as I've been trying to kind of get more and more brave saying to Tommy, you know, I kind of liked Roma before I got to Italy. But I was really, really excited about them being in the final, about them winning a trophy. I know how much it means to that city and how much it means to the club. Like, it really did mean everything. I I was really excited. Now, in my reassessment of Mourinho, I think earlier in the season, I said I prefer him not being in the Premier League. When he's not in the Premier League, I like him. Um, because he's not sniping at Arsene Wenger, he's not sniping at Arsenal, he's just over there, 
And I like him being over there. And what I really like is that at Roma, it feels like we talked about Zlatan becoming more humble, right? Mm -hmm. True. Or showing a bit of humility. And I'm not saying that Mourinho is humble because the second they won the final, the first thing he did was put five fingers up to remind everyone that he'd won five European trophies. But he seems like he's definitely mellowed a bit. And I think he's actually found a club in Roma where he's like, ready for a project and where he's ready to like put down a legacy that's a bit more long lasting i think this is the first club he's gone to apart from tottenham that aren't particularly used to a lot of success um obviously now the fact that tottenham sacked him before a cup final is just even funnier now but I think the fact that he's delivered success for Roma, and if he can actually deliver some sustained success, I think this would be the job that like puts his name in. His name will always be in history, but it'll put it in a different category of history. Am I making sense? You, you know are I mean? absolutely making sense. Well, then you know that when we talk about Mourinho, I am super biased. I think the most incredible statistic is that the last Italian team to win a European trophy was yeah. Inter Milan under Jose Mourinho in 20, 2009, 2010. And 12 years later, it's again Jose Mourinho leading Roma to their first continental success in history. Now, I forgot about this completely. I don't know if you remember this, Rory, but Roma got a lot of slander from all Italian teams a few years back when they played a friendly game against Real Madrid in the summer. <laughs> and they were awarded, it was, uh, it was for uh, a fundraising about the environment and they won the game against Real Madrid in the summer, and they were awarded a bonsai tree. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it was called the Green Cup, and there were all the players lifting it together. And <laughs> people were just like, then Roma can win, like a little plant to put over at the Trigoria, their training ground. And finally, the bonsai days are over, and they can lift a real piece of silverware. We are going to talk about the Conference League, but I think that it's a great achievement for the city of Rome. Were the celebrations a little bit over the top? I don't know. Did you know that they blocked the Piazzale Loreto in Milan? There was there was like there were like a hundred Roma fans blocking a Piazzale Loreto I, last night. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been having a go at like the celebration police on Twitter this year, and there's been a lot of people like oh, celebrating like you've won the league. Like I think for a club like Roma, it's a <laughs> yeah. European. It's yeah, a European no. trophy. Like, if Arsenal had won that, I'd have been bloody happy. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, if Arsenal won that, I would be delighted. Like, yeah. it's a, okay, it's a competition where the only game where they weren't the favourites was Leicester away, right? You yeah. have to say that, right? That True. was the only game that they weren't the favourites. So you could say to an extent that they're expected to win it. Um, but for them to do it is still massive because as Daniele Tinti said to us in the interview that we had, Roma always find a way to fuck it up in new different ways. And they didn't. And I think they, even the game yesterday was so textbook Mourinho as a performance. I think it really like put the cherry on the, like, put the cherry on top of winning it is that it was such a like, right, we've got the goal. And the second half, they just let Feyenoord run at them. But they defended so well and those players were absolute like the, Chris Smalling I could not believe the defending he was doing yesterday like every so often he drops a masterclass and you're like ah there's the guy that everyone was excited about that's the defender England thought they were getting he was an absolute titan at the back it was ridiculous I feel like um Mancini had a good game Karsdorp had a good game like the defense was so so good 
Um, Spinazzola, when he came on, we can talk about him more later, but he was fantastic. I feel like the performance absolutely like typified Mourinho, even to the point of Tammy Abraham winking when he fell over. You're like, oh, you've been working with Mourinho for a year and you're already like the dark arts are in there like straight away. Like It was such a Mourinho performance. But I think for the Roma fans, what a win. Honestly, that's incredible. It's incredible. And like the scenes in Rome, 50,000 fans in the Stadio Olimpico to watch it. Yeah. And look, I will say I will forever believe in this, that no matter what, like no matter the fact that it's the third tier competition of European football, it's still a final and you're playing under a lot of pressure. You're playing in a neutral stadium with your fans, the away fans, a team that comes from one of Europe's top five leagues. So at the end of the day, it is still a final. And I believe that it injects confidence in the players. So these players next year when they will find themselves playing a tough uh, derby or looking to you know snatch a position higher than where they are they will always remember guys we won a fucking final mm-hmm. we didn't concede a goal in the final we won it um and that's very important so no matter how little the final is and again this is an official tournament um so yeah props it's a to repeat like it's Prof a European Korea. competition. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, I saw people before and someone like said it on Twitter and summed it up perfectly. They were like, if we win it, it's a Mickey Mouse Cup. And if we lose it, we're bottlers. It's like we don't really we don't care what people think about this, really. If we win the cup, we're gonna be happy with it, and that's fine. It's True. kind of like the League Cup in the UK, like or in England, when people win it, people go, Oh, it's only the League Cup, but then when you lose the final, they're like, Oh. Yeah. Your shit, you lost the final. And I think, so for Roma, it's huge. And for Mourinho, it's like putting that flag down and being like, as you said, right, we can kick on to like next year, Coppa Italia, next year, a push for the Scudetto, whatever it is. Like it mm. is a, <laughs> it's a potential start for something. Because I think now the board probably try and back Mourinho a little bit more, if you know what I mean. It's been like, okay, well, he has still got, there's a bit of life in the old dog yet. If you know what I mean, he's still got it. And let's not forget of the absolute embarrassment of losing 6-1 at the mm-hmm. Polar Circle and to be able to rebuild the team after that and be like, you motherfuckers, after this one, you're not going to give up. After this one, you're going to go all the way to the final and win it. But Rory, before we talk about the actual game, uh, I wanted to ask you, where do we rank Mourinho in the top managers of all time? Um, top top 10, I think. Top 10. Undoubtedly. 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 Can you I think you're looking five? at like... Top five because you're looking at people like Johan Cruyff, Renus Michels, Arrigo Saki. I think probably five to ten somewhere. Okay, five yeah, to yeah. ten somewhere. Agreed. But honestly, for me, and then we'll talk about the game itself. The last thing I wanted to say about Mourinho is that Mourinho he has attracted a lot of hatred towards him because he's not the a very well-likable person. And when he's not in your team, he makes him... Like, he he does that. He attracts all the pressure. But he's received a shit ton of abuse. A lot of people said he was done. A lot of people argued that he wasn't even that great of a manager, that his career had been blessed by luck. I hope I, I never thought about that because to win already four European finals, it cannot be only yeah, luck. To win all the titles that he's won, it cannot be only luck. And now at this age, after and Roy, you should be delighted that Tottenham still remains the only club. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he, he has so not funny. left, he, so he has funny. not won a trophy. The, he was fired before the final. That's fucking ridiculous, in my opinion. It's That's hilarious. Really it's ridiculous. hilarious. And this is like when 
I'm not going to go into a Tottenham tirade, but that club is allergic. They're allergic to trophies. They're just allergic to trophies. And that is proof that even the closest they got, they were like, started sneezing and sacked him. Just give it. Just give him the final. Just give yeah. him the final. These guys doesn't bottle finals. These guys does not Ryan bottle Mason finals. in who'd never managed a game against Guardiola and went, best of luck, mate. Was it Guardiola? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Guardiola, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what were they doing? What were they doing? All right. Actual game. Now, I thought it was a pretty interesting game. Um, I was very unimpressed with Feyenoord's tactics in the second half. It felt like there was never a player between the lines to kind of yeah. catch the pass, turn around. They were playing extremely long, as we would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the first half, I feel like there was a bit more of a fight. Beginning of the second half, Feyenoord were pushing. And then Roma, well, they got three, they hit the woodwork three times. Mm-hmm. And then Roma found their shape again, and they were able to contain Feyenoord's attacks. Not the best final I've ever seen, not the worst final I've ever seen. No. I think it was overall an enjoyable game. And I think this is a statement to the fact that I was a little skeptical about the Conference League, but at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, it's another European competition. It worked. It's fun. And two pretty good teams got to the final, and it ends with a team lifting a cup. So I'm happy with it. What do you think? No, it's okay. I thought, yeah, Feyenoord started the game really brightly. Roma were definitely struggling. And then towards the end of the second, uh, towards the end of the first half, after Zaniolo's goal, which was a beautiful ball in, incredible, like the way he chests it and managed to shift his body weight to catch the ball is a very, very well taken goal. Just tapped past the side of Bijlo, I think his name is. Um, and then the kind of towards the end of the second half, I thought I thought Roma were quite comfortable. They could have got one or two more. Feyenoord arguably should have had a player sent off. Um, if Tammy Abraham goes down there, I think that's a red card and a free kick. I think it was just outside the area, but arguably Feyenoord should have had someone sent off. Tammy tried to play the ball, tried to keep going. Next time, just go down. Um, Tammy didn't have the best night, I, but what he did do very well was he kept the centre-backs busy the entire time, despite the fact that Roma weren't able to get the ball to him that often. He was constantly pressuring, constantly running at them, so they weren't able to settle. And we saw a few um, chances happen just from the pressure or a few chances appear from the pressure he was um, applying. The start of the second half, now in the first half, Rui Patricio, he dropped a few balls. And I thought if he doesn't fix up here, Roma could find themselves in trouble. And Mourinho must have said something at halftime because Rui Patricio made three or four absolutely outstanding saves one after they hit the cross after they hit the post from the corner he just palms it just past the post there was another great save like patricio had some huge moments there so roma definitely rode their luck but you're right i think Feyenoord were quite predictable towards the end i think they kind of played into roma's hands and they weren't what it's a bit of desperate tactics but i think in a final when it's getting towards the end, just start throwing it into the box. Their, yep. their striker up front, is it Dresses? I want to get his name, Dresses. Um, He's a big lad. And from what I've seen, he's like, he could definitely, like, in the air, he can win the ball, he can bring it down, bring other people into play. And I feel like they definitely just weren't, they weren't trying to do that. They were trying to get that ball across the box and Roma were just able to block it, clear it every single time. So I think they kind of played into their hands a little bit. Um, but players that did impress me for Feyenoord, 
now some of these names are very, very difficult. Uh, Giatruida, the right back, and Malassia, the left back, I thought had very, very good games. Um, but the front three in general, I was quite disappointed with, including Reese Nelson, the Arsenal loanee. Very disappointed with him. Not much effect at all on the game. Um, I was very disappointed to not see Maitland-Niles come off the bench for Roma, I'll be honest. But a player who did come on, and I was very, very glad he did come on, was Spinazzola. Oh, because yes. Straight, straight away, he was just bombing down the left, picking the ball up, goes past three or four players, and just so direct. His dribbling is incredible. And all I could think was, man, Italy have been missing this guy. <laughs> like, he was he was Italy's threat the entire Euros until he was out. Um, and then Pellegrini was fantastic as well. Like, a genuinely fantastic performance. But um, what do you think of Spinazzola coming back? I really hope he can stay fit for next season. Yeah, man, that's the thing with Spinazzola. Do you remember that there was that deal almost done between Inter and Roma but mm. between, uh, for Spinazzola, Spinazzola for Politano? It was almost done, but Oof. then apparently... It would have been daylight robbery, by the way. Yeah, Inter apparently looked at his clinical history and they were just like, the only thing that this guy is missing is pregnancy. So probably (laughs) we don't need a player that is injured half the season. It's very unfortunate because he's a super talented player, possibly the most talented in our country, from our Mm -hmm. country in that position. If he can stay fit, he's a constant threat. And I was very happy to see him back on the pitch. Second success within a year, despite the the big injury. And I was also I was super super happy for a guy that missed out on the Euros due to injury, which was Lorenzo Pellegrini, Roma's captain. To to see him lift the silver, where we're just like, man, this is your little revenge. You absolutely deserve it. He was incredible as well. He was so good. I think like he. Not only, we've talked about him so much, but not only is he quick, technical, he can pass, he's got an eye for a ball, like he's creative, but he also put in a proper captain's performance. There was times when the game was getting a bit frantic and it was getting a bit out of control and you just saw him turn around to the centre-backs and he was like, calm down, calm down, slow it down, slow it down. And he was genuinely, you could see him like dictating the play and organising the team around him. Like he's Roma born and bred, right, Pellegrini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could... I love that Roma always have this player who's like, you know, Romanisti, like that's it. And I think he really put in that kind of performance. I was really, really impressed with him. Karlsdorp, I thought was great. Zaniolo, after his injury struggles and his struggles off the pitch to get the winning goal was beautiful. I was still hoping for a Tammy goal. I really wanted to see a Tammy goal. But seeing how much the Roma fans love him, I was like, ah, that's enough. They absolutely adore him. About Zaniolo, of course, as soon as there is a talented player in Italy, the press try to absolutely boycott his career yeah, in a way yeah. or the other. The amount of times that Mourinho at the press conferences this year has said, I will not let you ask me questions about Zaniolo. If you ask me questions about him, I will not answer. You're putting too much pressure on a young lad. And I feel like he's really enjoyed Mourinho's pr- uh, protection in that regard. And the other thing, the last thing that I want to say about the Roma players, yet another bunch of Premier League rejects lifting <laughs> silverware in Italy. Last year, we had Ashley Young, Dizzy at Inter Milan. This year, we had um, we had Tomori at AC Milan, whom we'll talk about later in the end of the season awards. Uh, and right now, we've got Tammy Abraham, Chris Smalling, and Mabel Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan as well. And about Tammy Abraham, the most expensive signing in Roma's history, scored nine goals in the Conference League, 27, over, 27 overall in the, in the season. He's respond, 
he's responded on the pitch, and I'm sure that the Roma fans are absolutely loving it. And the thing is, oh yeah, and he's done it like in big games. He got two in the derby, he scored against Juve, he scored against Milan, he scored in the semi-final of this competition. Like he has turned up when it's been like in the important moments. I think last night it wasn't his night. He didn't have a great night, but his work off the ball was absolutely fantastic. He put in an absolute shift and seeing the wink at the end definitely, definitely was a nice little touch. Um, But yeah, a great night all around. And I think... In terms of like the Conference League, we can talk now about how much of a success we think it's been. I think it was, and I put it on Twitter last night, I think it was massive that the first final was between two teams that really wanted to win it. I think that yeah. got it off to such a big start. Because I think if you get, for example, I don't know, um, Tottenham versus a team in Spain, right? Like Betis or something. Or Betis is probably a bad shout. Or someone like... Uh, Atletico, whatever, right? And two two fan bases that see this competition as maybe below them. And they'd be like, oh, you know, we, we wish we were in the Champions League. We wish we were doing this. We don't really care. I think that that attitude would spread and the fans wouldn't watch. But what we saw in the semifinals was we saw Feyenoord against Marseille where the atmosphere was literally on fire. Like both teams won literally, <laughs> and then we had Leicester against Roma. Two teams again, two supporters, two support bases that absolutely wanted these trophies. And I think it just added to it massively. It's got it off to the best possible start. We've seen that the teams in it next year from England, we've got West Ham, and um, from Italy, we've got Fiorentina. Like these are Ooh. two sub. These are two teams that definitely would not turn their nose up at winning this. And I think it's got this competition off to a great start. I've really liked it. I've seen a lot of teams I don't get to watch. A lot of players I don't get to watch. Yeah, 8 out of 10, I think. Out of all the things that FIFA and UEFA do wrong, I have to say that this little meeting that UEFA had a few years back saying there are too many friendly matches, we need to have more real competitions because that's what people want to see. That's what football needs. I think that was a brilliant idea. I think that the Conference League worked better than the Nations League because the Nations League is still a little bit complicated for what concerns Mm -hmm. qualification and placement and final and whatnot. But uh, I appreciate the effort to bring more competition. And if we look back at the old days of football, there were some weird cups. Well, one that gives the name to this pod, the anglo <laughs> Cup, yeah. another one, the Intertoto Cup. There were many different cups, but they were only finals. You know, right now they've they've put some thought into creating new competitions. And you guys were right. For once, fucking UEFA was right, did something right. We're always ready to slander you guys, but this is the first time that probably we're praising you. Well done. Good. So I think before we go to our weekly topic, we need to quickly, very quickly talk about the playoffs that are happening this weekend. Very, very quickly. So this weekend on Sunday at half past five European time, we have Huddersfield taking on Nottingham Forest at Wembley in the championship playoffs. Sorry, Huddersfield fans, but I really, 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 really want Nottingham Forest to get I really want them in the Premier League. I feel like with, stay, with Leeds staying up, get Forrest in there, proper Premier League, 
let's have it. I think they should should be the favourites, Nottingham Forest, slightly. Um, the players to look out for here, for Huddersfield, I would say their right winger, Sorba Thomas, has been absolutely unbelievable this season. He's got 11 assists and three goals for them. Definitely keep an eye out for him. On Nottingham Forest's team, the players that have stood out are homegrown star Brennan Johnson, who's been unbelievable for them throughout the season. James Garner on loan from United, who has impressed massively. Brennan Johnson has got 16 goals this season and he's only 21 years old, as well as um, Philip, now this is a great name, Zinkenagel, who's been fantastic for them with seven assists. So a few players there to keep an eye out on. I'm really hoping Nottingham Forest come up. Sorry, Huddersfield fans, but come on, you tricky trees. In uh, the Serie B, we've got the first final playoff game tonight because it's played across two legs and it's Monza Pisa so by the time you're listening to this you will already know the result and the return leg is on Sunday at Pisa these two teams have successfully defeated uh, respectively Monza defeated uh, Brescia and uh, over two legs and Pisa were able to overturn the score against Benevento I think it's pretty tight because in if you look at the standings they were third and the fourth in Serie B, so arguably the teams that deserved to be in Serie A the most. We will see who uh, wants it more. If Pisa do come to Serie A, there would be three teams with a black and blue kit, which is something that I always love to talk about because apparently in England, it's a color combination that you guys don't fuck with. Uh, so it would be Pisa, Atalanta, and Inter. On the other hand, if Monza do advance to Serie A, it will be a total of five Lombardia teams in the top flight of Italian football with Monza, Cremonese, Atalanta, Inter, and AC Milan. Rory, get ready for away days. I cannot wait. And of course, listeners, we are not going to leave without talking about the Champions League final. We have to talk about it, of course. We have to talk about it. So this is on Saturday, as you all know, at 9 o'clock Central European time. Liverpool taking on Real Madrid. The only injury issues, Thiago is a slight doubt, although Klopp has said he should be back. Fabinho has a hamstring injury, still not sure if he'll be back. And Divock Origi, probably on the bench. Will he get the winner? He, there is a slight muscle injury with him. We do not know if they'll be fit. How are we feeling about this final? I think it's going to be, I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like it's going to be a great game. I have a feeling it's going to be a great game. Um, I read about, I read an article, very interesting article from Le Figaro, French newspaper, the sports section. They were talking about how they were drawing parallels between how football has become a sort of like Hollywood-like industry. And they were just like, Real Madrid, Liverpool is going to be like the big blockbuster of the season. Um, I mean, it would have been also if it was Liverpool, Man City, but Liverpool, Real Madrid, two teams with an incredible history. Um, there is also that little uh, storyline of revenge from the Reds, which hopefully will play to their advantage and not the opposite. Although I... Klopp did, Klopp did say this week, you don't win anything through revenge. Oh, nice, say, yeah, nice. nice. Look, it's uh, two very experienced managers um, that thoroughly respect each other. Two very different styles of playing football because let's not forget that Real Madrid have not 
always played the prettiest football out there, but they have always gotten the results and they've always overturned uh, pretty intense score lines. Liverpool, on the other hand, they're definitely a more compact armada, I would say, but this should be a clash for the ages. I'm calling Real Madrid winners. What about you, Rory? Well, last time I got a very, very long voice note from friend of the show, Chris, talking <laughs> and moaning about how much we were saying that Real Madrid are going to win. So I'm sorry, Chris, I'm going to say Liverpool will win. There you go. Are you happy now? I hope you're happy. There we go. <laughs> it's Look, it, it's going to be one for the ages. Um, yeah, blockbuster right there. Liverpool, Real Madrid, act two. Let's see who's got it. We, I'm sure Liverpool fans are delighted to look at the lineup and to see that Mr. Loris Karius is not in goal anymore. I did see a replay of the last final they had against each other. And man, oh man, what was, was going on? What was going on through that young man's head? I have it no It was ugly. Idea. It was ugly. You know, just as a last little thing, I'm going to say Benzema hat trick incoming just to wind him up. And um, oh. the, <laughs> the missus, her dad has decided to take um, his family, not us, but his family to Paris for the weekend. And he's chosen this weekend. <laughs> Really? Like, yeah, I was like, enjoy Paris with loads of coked up and pissed up scouts. It's, <laughs> it's really going to take the sheen off that romantic weekend you had in mind. Uh, it did make me laugh. So please, oh uh, Nicola, enjoy your weekend in Paris. It should be fun. <laughs> Beautiful. It's time for our weekly topic. We are going to award our end of the season awards across the Serie A and the Premier League. Let's do it. And here we are, the last weekly topic of the season, as it is our custom. We are going to award the best team, the best manager, the best player overall, the best goalkeeper, defender, midfielder and forward, the most improved team, the overachievers and the most disappointed team, both in the Premier League and in Serie A. They've been exciting seasons. Has it been easy to draw this list? No, it's absolutely arbitrary. We tried to look at stats and everything, but then our heart got in the way here and then. But Rory, I know that also our listeners interacted with us. How shall we go about this? Um, Let's go one for one. I'll be one, you be one, I'll be one, you be one. I now need to see the screenshots. Um, Let's go to our WhatsApp chat. Here we go. Uh, First, I'm going to go with Footlol Podcast. That's at Footlol Podcast. All right, guys. They've gone for Team of the Year. Now, they've done a more European overview, right? Team of the Year, Liverpool. Manager of the Year, Howe taking the year very literally for this one. Um, Player of the year, Kareem the Dream. Young player of the year, Vinicius Jr. The the overachievers, Real Betis, which I think is a massive shout, real massive shout. And the underachievers, Juventus. We are going to get onto that. We are going to get onto that. The other one I like is um, Vinicius Jr. Yeah, I think it's a European shout. He's a player that I was not convinced by in this year. It turns out, guys, my opinions change quite a lot. And I've changed my opinion on Vinicius this year as well. Few things that I like more than great emoji usage. So props to FT Lowell for uh, decorating. Was that you? That's me. That's you? That's all me, man. That's all me. You should check our Twitter out more. All right, man. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Wait, didn't they respond with this message to your question? I think that's yeah, but they cut and paste the thing. 
Ah, all right, all right. It's all, right. all fascinating I, admin, this guy's. That's how desperate I am for approval. No, no that's but, me. That's no, me. Great, great, look, a great emoji usage with the little graduation guy for manager of the year. That's brilliant, dude. Thank you very nice. much. Let's go to Joe Spagnoli, who's got team of the season in England, Liverpool. In Italy, Inter. Interesting take, not Manchester City over in England. Best manager in the Premier League, he went for Patrick Vieira. I have a feeling <laughs> that this name will come up again in Might our list. Again. And in Italy, Ivan Juric for Torino and Davide Nicola for Salernitana. Now, Davide Nicola is a great yeah. shout. We are going to talk about him later. Uh, he managed only for half of the season, which arguably, though, makes it even more impressive. <laughs> so, true. good shout. Player of the season in the Premier League from Joe Spagnoli is Son Heung Min. How could we disagree? And in Italy, best overall player, Mike Mignan, AC Milan's goalkeeper. He's going to mm-hmm. be in our list too for best goalkeeper. Spoiler alert. Young player of the season, Foden in England and Bastoni. I'm not having that Syria. one, but yeah. Yeah. And Bastoni in Serie A. Overachievers, Brentford in England and Spezia and Empoli in Serie A. Now, Spezia, they played with fire, but in the end, they won. I wouldn't put them as much as overachievers, but they had a very good ending to the season and underachievers. <laughs> Manchester <laughs> this is, United. This is just this is so delicious. It's so delicious. Manchester United oh. and Juventus. Oh, both on the what same a line. season been, guys. <laughs> but Joe, listen up because uh, I'm gonna mention United, but for a different category later. <laughs> you hear me. And uh, the last one from Adam Gipke from the Hopeless Wanderer podcast. Rory, what has he got? Um, Again, a more European take. Team of the year, Real Madrid, which is a massive shout. Winning La Liga, of course. A Champions League yet to win, possibly. Um, Manager of the year, Stefano Pioli, a guy who... To me, represents beige. I know nothing about him, but he has done a very, very good job with Milan. Player of the year, Kareem Benzema. I think he's definitely going to get Ballon d'Or, right? He has to get Ballon d'Or. Oh, man. Young... I don't know. I don't know how the Ballon d'Or works anymore. Like, if Lewandowski was stripped of it, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they just go, Messi. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's Mbappe. Now that he owns PSG, he now owns UEFA, and now he owns the trophy. Um, young player of the year, massive shout. And we've not mentioned this guy on the pod at all. We don't do Germany, but Florian Wirtz, the guy has been ridiculous. I think he's 18 years old. His goals and assist output this year has been crazy. Overachievers, Brentford, they're getting a lot of shouts, and I think that's absolutely fair. Underachievers, cheeky little shout here for Aston Villa, which I think is a very good shout, considering the players they have, the squad they have, and people were expecting them to get Europe this year. A mid-table, lower mid-table finish really isn't great. So I think, yeah, Aston Villa is a very good shout there. And Liverpool fans were expecting them to get the job done over at the Etihad Stadium. (laughs) By the way, guys, before we go on to review Rory's and I's list, beautiful video that was posted on 433 by this guy from Manchester who took his grandfather, lifelong Manchester City fan, who suffers from dementia, to the Etihad Stadium. Um, the, the video is just spectacular. The guy drifts in and out of uh, awareness of where he is, what he's doing. But it's beautiful to see that once he steps into the ground, he's fully there. It feels like the guy is fully there. 
but definitely I am like I, I thought of this funny bit without being disrespectful. Good thing he's got a little bit of dementia because otherwise going through that game <laughs> would have been maybe a little too intense, knowing also what <laughs> at was the going age on of at 85 Liverpool. or whatever. Yeah, 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 knowing at the same time what was going on at Liverpool, but beautiful stuff uh, for this great grandson, the grandson that everybody wishes they had. Rory, a beautiful video, beautiful video. It's time for our list. We both agree on the pick for best team in Italy and best team in England. I'll start with Italy. Who could the best team be if not the league winners? AC Milan. These guys, well, they I'm reading it a little bit too much in these days in the newspapers, but they keep releasing statements at the beginning of the season. Nobody believed in us. True, very true. I've read it one too many times, though, guys. Get more creative. Um, I think AC Milan absolutely deserve it. We've covered it already in our Monday night pod. They've done an incredible job. Were they lucky at moments? Yes. Were they very unlucky with refereeing decisions at other points? Yes. In the end, they won the league. Absolutely deserved. And a few of their players are going to make an appearance again in our list. Rory, best team of the season in England? It's the reason we have a table. They're ranked number one. It's Man City. They were the best team this year. They've won the league. I think um, considering that they had... um, they had a massive lead at Christmas, right? And we were saying that the league was already done by that point. Um, they had a huge lead. They've been fairly relentless, despite the fact that Liverpool have chased them down very, very well. They've just been completely driven. They've got the job done. And they've just been cold as ever. And I think, yeah, there's a reason why we have a table. And it says they are the best team. That's it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Best manager of the season, Rory. Let's start over in England. You've got a shout. I've got another shout. And then there is a, th- there is a third name in the mix. Best manager of the year in the Premier League. Are we doing first? Yep. Yep. Um, I've gone for, and this is with a bit of an Arsenal um, bias. I've gone for Patrick Vieira. Um, we're gonna I think talk it's about- a good shout, man. I think it's a very good shout. Um, Thomas Frank was in there as well, but I think the job that Patrick Vieira has done coming into, um, coming into the club, he was the favorite to get sacked first. I think they had nine, eight or nine senior pro contracts run out. They brought through all these young players. They changed their style of play completely. They've done all of this whilst playing some of the most exciting football and they've gone up two positions from last year. Um, only four points more, but I think the transition that Patrick Vieira has put them has taken them through, and the way he's nurtured a lot of these young players, like Conor Gallagher, like um, Abereze, Michael Olise, all these players that we're all getting very excited about, he's done very, very well coaching them. Mark Guehi at the back, Anderson, they've been fantastic, and I think Vieira has to be given a lot of credit for that job. They can only really go forward from here. I think with the players being so young, they're only going to go better. They're only going to get better, right? So I think Patrick Vieira has to be, for me, manager of the season, shortly followed by Thomas Frank. I'm going for Antonio Conte. Um, Maybe with a bit of an Italian bias, but this guy has gone to Tottenham and turned the ship around completely. When he arrived at Tottenham, they were ninth in the standings and they finished the fourth with a bit of luck. Yes, thank you, Arsenal, they say in You're North welcome. London at the moment. But these are two impressive stats. The average of goals scored by Tottenham before he got there this season was 0.9 and he took it to 2.1 per 
per game. And the average of goals conceded before he arrived was 1.6 per game, and they reduced it all the way to 0.9 per game. I think these are very impressive stats. Son Heung-min ended up winning the Golden Boot, and I think a lot of the credit goes also to Conte motivating the shit out of him. And then there is the big mystery of Dejan Kulusevski. Uh, pretty much after an incredible season at Parma, goes to Juventus, kind of underachieves, doesn't really impress Content Paratici are there. They're just like, we feel like this is the guy that could be the added value at Tottenham. He goes there, turn like he contributed greatly to Tottenham's success mm-hmm. to get oh, yeah, to yeah. the Champions League. And even Bentancur, like this is what Antonio Conte does. Bentancur, two assists on the final match day for Tottenham, something unheard of in Serie A before. So I think Conte definitely is my shout for manager of the season. Is it too much, you think, Rory? It's going to sound like sour grapes if I say no, so I'm going to say no, that's fine. (laughs) I'm going to say that's fine. In Italy, quite a few shouts. Now, we need to shout out at Mr. Pioli. Mr. Pioli, who to Rory is kind of an unknown figure. He's had a long career. He's, he's, He's coached at Parma, at Bologna, at Lazio, at Fiorentina. He coached at Inter Milan and didn't do great arguably wasn't given enough time or maybe was um but then i feel like this is the crowning of a career of trying and not giving up and i mm-hmm. look i think next next season will be the season where we realize more about this ac milan team their style of playing and so on but so far so good don't forget that when pioli arrived at ac milan the AC Milan fans started the Twitter hashtag, hashtag Pioli out before mm-hmm. he even signed the contract. And now he's delivered them a title. He secured his job. I think he's done an impressive uh, an impressive job. But the well, there, was, second... there was a moment when they wanted to replace him with Ralph Ranić, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But uh, before, no, yeah, before we move on to the next category, Rory has got a different shout and I actually kind of agree with him. The manager with the coolest last name, kind of patriotic in Serie A. Vincenzo Italiano at Fiorentina. I think he's been absolutely... Well, he did incredible work at... Where was he? He was at Spezia, right? He was at Spezia. He did did really, really good work with Spezia last year. Um, And he's got Fiorentina back into Europe. I think, again, not only that, he dealt with the club being screwed over by Dusan Vlaovic quite heavily in January. He dealt with that very well. Um, They've played very good football. They faded towards the end of the season a little bit. I think they started to drop a few bad performances, but they got that European place. And I think he's one of the most exciting Italian coaches around at the moment. Um, and they finished the season with a 2-0 win at home against Juventus. Like, for that's a very Fiorentina, true. That's for very a Fiorentina true. fan, that's as good as it gets. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you good. finish like that and you also secure uh, Conference League uh, football for next year. That's fucking great. Well done, Italiano. No, it's been an outstanding job, an outstanding job. My hot take, I'm going to throw a random name in there, just it was a fleeting consideration, but I did go for Italiano in the end, was Luciano Spalletti, Spallettone, because... Which which is not a terrible shout, but I'll let you go, Rory. Because I think he improved that Napoli team a lot. From where they finished last year in the Europa League, to have a title challenge for as long as they did was a very good achievement. Yes, they collapsed towards the end. That's what Napoli do. But I think he did really, really well. I've talked before about how I thought they were the most entertaining team in the league to watch. Um, 
So I think Luciano deserves a bit of credit, but ultimately I've gone for Vincenzo Italiano. Yeah. Um, also, Napoli, together with AC Milan, uh, Serie A's best defense. Uh, very fine margins this year. 31 goals conceded by both the Rossoneri and the Azzurri. 32 goals conceded by Inter Milan, which makes you think, maybe, had we had a goalkeeper, the number could have been better. Yeah? <laughs> instead, yeah. Of a, <laughs> instead of a broom attached <laughs> to the crossbar. Um, good. I think we can move on to the next category. We're kind of going like this. Best player overall. In Serie A, Rory's shout and my shout are the same. Shall we say it together? And one, and two, and one, two, three. Handanovic. No, wait, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Handanovic. But Rafael Leao, of course. Rory, since you, you've broken this guy's balls, even when it felt at a point of the season, it felt like he was just playing great football for you to watch and change your opinion. Yet, it took you three extra games to get there, and eventually you messaged me. I remember that day you were like, all right, he's a great player. What You talk about him. Um, yeah, he's been unbelievable, right? I think we've seen this Milan team mature a little bit, like the young players learning from the older players. His ability to uh, progress the ball, his directness, his attacking, his finishing, his dribbling, everything, his, his confidence... Yeah, his, flair, his confidence seems to have rocketed. I think he really has become like the focal point of this team. I think it's been a, as the Americans would say, a breakout season for him. Um, and I think, yeah, he's he he's won me over. Um, and I'm hoping he doesn't sign that new contract so that a few clubs can start bidding for him, hopefully Arsenal, because he would be very, very exciting in the Premier League. He's going to sign it, I think. I, I think he's found his home. At, I think this Milan team is the beginning of a new cycle, guys. And it's a scary... Look, it's uh, like he was voted best player overall by the Serie yeah. A as well. Mm-hmm. When you look at his numbers, they're not that... In, except for the assists, eight assists, 11 goals for a striker. It's not that much. But at the same time, the like it felt like every game he was growing constantly. Mm-hmm. He scored... You remember that there was a streak of games that into AC Milan won 1-0... And the majority of those times, the 1-0 was scored by a certain Rafael Leao. So all of those goals that he scored were absolutely crucial. Eight assists, three of which on the last crucial match day. Rafael Leao, well played. I'm happy for you. I always knew that there was a player in there. But let's say that you did all you could to make people wait to actually mm-hmm. see it with their own eyes. So Rory, you're also... We have to take into consideration his age as well. He's only 22. So like he's very, very young. He's very young. And for him to be putting up those numbers at 22, winning the Scudetto is very, very impressive. Again, a player that's only going to get better alongside the players around him. In the Premier League, now this is going to piss a lot of people off. Um... Unless you're a Liverpool fan, maybe you'll like the shout. I obviously K- KDB got the Player of the Year award, right? I get it. Um, I get it. I have gone for Trent Alexander Arnold. Now I think he has been defensively. He gets so much stick, and I think a lot of it is well over the top. He is a very, very good defender. But if you look at his figures this year in the Premier League, he has scored three goals. And he has got 12 assists, two goals and 12 assists. Now, we know that he's kind of redefined the right back, the wing back role in football as he's this wing back playmaker. He's, so not only has he redefined a position in football, I think this has been his best 
season in that position. So I think I understand people giving the KDB shout because he has been unbelievable. Um, but I think Trent got dismissed a bit too quickly. So I'm going to go for Trent. I'm expecting abuse on Twitter from this. I've uh, uh, got a question for you, Rory. I kind of forgot what happened to Trent last year. Because for a second last year, I think he, he went through a bad injury. Then he wasn't even called up by the English national team. Is that true? There's a weird thing with Trent in the English national team because we've got so many right backs. We've got like we could play a first 11 of right backs at this point. And I feel like, as I've said, defensively, he gets questioned a bit too much. And I think with Southgate being a very conservative manager, he picks Kyle Walker over him because Kyle Walker defensively is more solid than Trent, but that doesn't mean Trent is a bad defender. He did get a bad injury last year, I seem to recall. Um, but this year he's come back and he's really, really pushed on. And him and Robertson, to be fair, have been outstanding, but I've just gone for Trent just ahead. Robertson was actually pretty close on my list as well, to be honest. Um, so yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold, come at me, guys. I've got KDB. Um, I didn't even know that the Premier League had voted in player of the season, but KDB, you talk about redefining the role of right back for Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I feel like it's it's so difficult. Like, how can I word this? I feel like it's it's kind of difficult for a midfielder to stand out as much as KDB does, mm. and he plays, I feel like, four different positions at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got 15 goals and 8 assists this season. One of those assists was crucial to win the league at the end of the day. Um, this guy is at the... Every year that I see him, I'm like, this guy's at the peak, this guy's at the peak, this guy's at the peak. What I want these guys to do is to win a Champions League and possibly an international trophy because I feel like he deserves it. Um, <laughs> it's never happening with Belgium. I'm sorry. Belgium. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, but yeah, man, KDB, every time I watch him play, I'm just very jealous that Manchester City were far-sighted enough to get into that, that deal and just snatch it away from the competition. Definitely. Chelsea sell so many players that they should not sell. <laughs> and De Bruyne yeah, when is I, top when of that I was, list. <laughs> when I was talking about Roma with so many in Premier League rejects, a lot of those all over the world come from Chelsea. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they're still able to field a very competitive eleven. So be, be True it. enough. Okay, Rory, goalkeeper of the season in England. This is <laughs> now this one. I, I'll introduce it. This one I don't watch enough Premier League football to let you guys know which one was the goalkeeper of the season. But then Rory said this name. I was like, what? And then he kind of really explained why. Rory, are we ready? Let's go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for my for my hot take, and then I'm gonna give my kind of more conventional answer. So my answer is. Jordan Pickford, <laughs> right? as, I, as I say that, I'm laughing. But my point is this. He has been in front of one of the worst defences within the league. And especially towards the end of the season, he put in some man-of-the-match performances and some of those saves were outstanding. I think without him, Everton get relegated. And therefore, he has been more important to that team than, for example, Allison at Liverpool or Edison at City. And I think both of those players always get goalkeeper of the year, but I never remember anything they've done, right? I never remember a fantastic save from Allison. I never remember a fantastic save from Edison because they don't have to make them that often. It's often just claiming balls from crosses. It's fairly comfortable. 
with Pickford, he's a busy guy, right? And I think he's done his job incredibly well for most of the season. But my more conventional answer isn't going to be um, Edison or Allison. It's going to be Jose Sarr from Wolves. He's got the highest save percentage in the league of 79.8% of the shots he faced this season. He saved. Um, Wolves have had a under-the-radar, very, very good season. Um, they ended up finishing 10th. They faded towards the end of the year. But um, they only conceded this season. They conceded for uh, 38 goals, which is less than the six teams above them and the seven teams above them. So they have had an incredible defense and Jose Sart is a huge, huge part of that. So I think he's my more conventional answer, but for mad banter, I'm going to go Jordan Pickford. However, Rory, I got to be the annoying linguist. I believe he's Portuguese, correct? Yeah. His name is Jose. 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 When we're talking Shaw. Brazilian, I don't have to say it. Shaq. Shaq. Uh, that that so. one I don't know, but I know about the <laughs> yeah. Jose. I know about the Jose. In Italy, goalkeeper of the season. Who could it be if not Mike Mignan? Um, guys, I found myself the other day. I was just like, I hope my Inter Milan friends don't see this, but at the same time, I'm on the Instagram account of the pod, so nobody will find out. It could be me or Rory. So I, I find, found I myself. I think everybody out. knows who 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 wait, runs which. Just wait for the end of the story. I found myself aggressively liking Menyan's pictures on Instagram of the celebrations. I was like, this guy's a beast. Like I love everything about him. Another thing that I love about him, I used to be super insecure about this thing when I was younger. Right now, of course, I don't give a fuck as it often happens when you grow up. He's got a gap between his teeth. And okay, like right, shit, you know, right. just like me, just like me. And also he's an incredible goalkeeper. Next thing I know, I look at what profile I'm on and it was my personal profile. So a bunch of AC Milan <laughs> fans that I know will find my likes on Mignan's pictures and they will be like, hey, Tommaso, you're kind of, you're kind of changing the side in the city incredible incredible goalkeeper he reminds me of at times of julio cesar he's super mm. instinctive he's he's got these cat reflexes he's a little bit more technical than julio cesar but i feel like many times his saves come out of sheer instinct mm. incredible he had a few they went they went under the radar because AC Milan were comfortably winning but away at sassuolo he had two incredible incredible yeah. saves yeah, yeah. i believe both in the second half Good job, Mike Mignan. You've been very impressive. I so wish that you were an Inter Milan player. And he also looks like an overall very nice guy. I love the way he reacted to the Juventus fan abuse. Um, mm -hmm. And he, he really looks like a very good silent leader in that defense of AC Milan. Let's not forget also the assist for Rafael Leao's goal in the game against Sampdoria. That man has got distribution in it is feet. Let's move on to the defender of the season. Rory and I have got different takes in Serie A. I'm going to I'm going for Gleson Bremer at Torino. Oof. He was also awarded defender of the season by Serie A. Uh, Torino, the fifth best defense in the league after Inter, AC Milan, Napoli, sorry, after uh, AC Milan, Napoli, Inter, Juventus, it's Torino. Despite finishing in 10th place, they considered only 41 goals and it wasn't because of their goalkeeper, the cousin of Milinkovic-Savic. It was because they had a very good defense. And this is something that you should keep an eye on because with the Zima, a guy named Buongiorno, which means good morning. Great name. Great, Great name. name. 
I had him in fantasy football. Buongiorno. Uh, he performed. Um, Gleison Bremer absolutely stood out as the best defender. There are some big teams uh, after him. Uh, I think it's a name that we're going to hear of quite a bit this summer. Maybe Inter Milan will make a bid. He's but Brazilian, Rory, right? Brazilian, yeah. But your oh. take is different, Rory, isn't it? Um, this might not surprise many people because I've been part of his hive, as they say on Twitter all season. It is Fikayo Tomori. I think he's been absolutely outstanding for Milan. The Milan fans love him. He's just been, every time I've seen him, I'm like, I love this guy. I love his energy. I love the way he plays, his strength, his pace, his position, his awareness. He's a very, very good defender. He's been a key part of that Milan defense. I think him and Kalulu, he's also helped Kalulu a lot. I think they've formed a great partnership. It has to be Tomori for me. Um, yeah, Tomori. Let's go then in England with defender of the season, Rory. Who you got? Um, it's a defender that doesn't really defend, but he's technically a defender. So I've gone for <laughs> Joao Cancelo. So because... I've gone for Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even though, and I know I've said trent as player of the year but i didn't want to say trent for defender of the year as well so i've gone for cancelo um he's been his output has been fairly kind of equal to trent this year 10 assists um i think in the premier league he has been a menace in every single game he's played this year um the way he cuts inside um from the wing back position and just runs takes the ball where he wants creates some incredible crosses great shots just an incredible, incredible player. But as far as defenders, defenders, like defenders who actually defend, centre-backs that come to mind are like, obviously, the Van Dijk or Canate at Liverpool, I think, has been really good. He's definitely come out a bit more this year and kind of settled himself. But I'm going to go for Joao Cancelo. Beautiful stuff. I agree with you. And Cancelo is one of those mysterious players whose career I don't fully understand. He was a... Inter, then he was at Juve, then he went at Manchester City, and he always kind of performed. I feel like he was sold by Inter Milan and Juventus just because they needed some money. But yeah. I'm glad that he's found his home over at Manchester City. We had another shout in the Premier League, which is Romero, former Atalanta defender, now at Tottenham. Yep. Rory says when he's fit. He's yeah, when incredible. he was fit, towards the end of the season, I think, because you were talking about um, Conte's improvement in Tottenham's defence um, since he took over. I think a part of that is obviously down to Conte, but a big part of that also is down to Romero coming back into the team for a sustained period. I think the fact that he played consistently throughout the second half of the season definitely helped their defence. We we said when he came into the Premier League, this guy is going to be good. He won Serie A Defender of the Year last year. He has been outstanding for Tottenham. I hate it, but he's very, very, very good. Beautiful stuff. Let's stay in England with midfielder of the season. Not surprisingly, we went for KDB, but yeah. there is another shout. Um, Thiago from Liverpool was the other shout. I think he got off to a rocky start in England, people were doubting him very quickly. This year, it feels like he has really come into the league. I remember that performance against Manchester United where it was like Harlem Globetrot level of like exhibition play from Thiago. He was outstanding. So I think he's been really, really, really great this year. But KDB, of course, takes it because it's De Bruyne. He does everything very, very well. Let's go very easily. Rory, I want to ask you a question. Remember when you used to go running? I don't know if you still do that. Do you? Do uh, you not as much as I used to, but sometimes. Okay, how much do you run on average? Uh, I used to do 5K 
Five K, yeah, once a week, yeah. Now imagine there is there is a man, <laughs> right? Yeah, game no, no, it's been, no, yeah, it's been yeah. good. Five K is a good number, but I'm just thinking of what this guy does. This guy, he trains. Uh, how many days a week do they train? Like five days a week plus five days, no, week, four, four days. Yeah, for yeah, four days a week plus the the, the match day. This guy has an average average of 11.7 can we round it to 12 kilometers run per game and the fact is that he's been up like he's always the top runner in Serie A he's been for the past four years I want to say he comes from Croatia and his name is Marcelo Brozovic Marcelo Brozovic is absolutely insane one of the most uh we're gonna get mental players you will ever see on social media yeah Yeah, all besides that one (laughs) of the I loved that when they were on Christmas break he posted a picture at like six in the morning stretching on a godforsaken bridge in the middle of the countryside in Croatia (laughs) surrounded by fog wearing the lousiest tracksuit in the world and he, like, I love the comments from Italian the meme pages. They were just like, this guy, like, probably still drunk from last night, woke up at <laughs> yeah. 6 a.m. and went running in that weather. Marcelo Brozovic, be- besides the effort and the numbers in running, we all I we could arguably say that all the games that Inter failed, it was because Brozovic was not there. This guy is alone in i think he's one of the few players worldwide who can play in that position which is in front of the defense behind the strikers dictating play at midfield it's a very silent and frustrating job the Mm -hmm. one that he does but he does it so perfectly and another thing that we shouldn't forget about this guy i was at the stadium when he was getting booed constantly for every ball he touched in one particular season he was able i arguably with the the help of great teammates and a great manager to realize that he's fundamental, he's key to this team, and I think he's going to go down as an inter-legend whenever he retires. Um, but I think that will be in five or six years. There, there is still time. <laughs> it's still time for, for Brozo, definitely, definitely. We've got another shout, Rory, from the other side of Milan. Um, Sandro Tonali, I think, again, had a pretty disappointing season last season. People were calling him out and saying, is this your new hero. And this year he's come out and really come up with some key goals, some key assists, some big performances. I think, again, another young player that's on his way up, but I think he's definitely, definitely had a shout for it. The outside hot take shout also, because I genuinely didn't realize he was as good as he's been this year, is Lobotka at Napoli, because I had no idea he was that good. He became a key part of that midfield purely because they had an injury crisis and because Anguissa ended up in the AFCON, right? They had nobody in midfield. They played the Botka. He's become a key part of that team. I think he definitely, definitely deserves a little bit of a shout. And if I have to think of one player with similar characteristics to Brodzovic, that's Mm -hmm. Lobotka. I think that's Lobotka. And I believe it was you who gave me that shout some time ago. You were like, who could replace Brodzovic? Lobotka? And then I started watching him and I was just like, hey, hey. You've got a point right there. The way he gets the ball and turns it around quickly. Really quick releases forwards up the pitch. Very, very good player. And transitions, very, very good. Now, for forward of the season, uh, if we look at the numbers, it would have to be Immobile with his uh, 27 goals. seven. Boo, boring. 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 <laughs> Let's go to the next. Look, I think I think this one, he's not my pick because in the end, both Roy and I agreed to give it to somebody else. But, hey, Lautaro Martinez, what an improvement he's had this season. 21 goals. It's the first time that he overcomes the 20-goal tally. 
21 that goals. That's a great season. That's a great season. A crucial penalty miss. Uh, <clears throat> you need to get better at penalties, Lotaro. <laughs> yeah, let's no, say, he does. He does need let's to practice. Let's say that more. if you fucking can keep your head on your shoulders when you take a penalty, you would win this award, the most prestigious of awards, the Serie, the, the Anglo-Italian pod forward <laughs> of the season award. But look, this guy has improved greatly. And I was looking at his numbers earlier in Serie A. Going from the 2018 to 2019 seasons, season, six goals, 14, 17, and now 21. Constant improvement. A little message to our direction. Don't give him away. Not yet. We need this guy. He's very good. And if he can fix the little penalty problem, I think we've got a, a big name in our hands. Mm-hmm. I already think we do. But we decided to give a forward of the season award to a guy who was badly injured for the better part of 90 days. And he goes by the name of Victor Oziman. Now, I got him in fantasy football and I knew that when he was fit, I was confident that he was going to score at least a brace. And I love his energy and I love that the first goal, after he came back from that gruesome injury, I read an article about, man, he's... His eye went out of his socket, apparently. Yeah, it's grim. It, it just knocks my stomach so yeah. much. Oh. But I love that after he came back wearing that sort of Batman-like mask, he scored his first goal with a header. And I was just like, <laughs> this guy does not give a fuck. They probably told him, dude, just go easy on the headers. And he just like jumps super high. Boom. Gets in on the goal. He's got 14 goals total at the end of the season arguably could have had more than 20 if it wasn't for mm-hmm. that injury but whenever i've seen him play he he he's pure talent and uh, mm-hmm. i think it's a well-deserved award what do you have to say about good old victor he has a profile like no other striker i think he has a very unique kind of profile he's incredible in the air he's able to leap so high like aerially he's always always a challenge um, but I think he's he's also incredibly quick, technical. Like he's able to like get the ball out of his feet, like shift shift defenders to the side, get shots off. And I think he also has this mad unpredictability about him. Like it, everything about everything he does kind of looks a little bit unconventional. So I think it kind of unsettles defenders a little bit. I think he really has like a unique profile. I absolutely love him. Not only because Arsenal are being linked with him now, and my God, I would lose my shit if we signed him. But I think he is a very, very unique striker. Napoli have done incredibly well to get him. They paid a lot of money, but if he can stay fit, like next year, he will be a like he could get Capon Canyonieri quite easily. If he is not sold, there are rumors that Napoli need to get some some money, and Ozyman uh, is on the list of the players that could leave, which I think would be a very short-sighted business. But, but uh, get the 110 million, put it on the fucking table, and just give it him. Just give it him. Get him, <laughs> get him at the Emirates. Get him at the Emirates. And then in England, I'm going for Mr. Son Eung Min. No yeah. penalties taken, golden boot. And I think it's just extremely exciting, and it's it's a it's a world phenomenon for the fact that he's Asian, and I think it's unprecedented to see such a talented Asian player. He's putting South Korea on a map, and I just love his attitude, and he just looks so happy whenever he scores a goal. Well deserved golden boot. What else can you say about him? I see you smiling. I loved the video of his reception in Seoul when he flew back with the golden boot. That was beautiful. Very, very good player. He walks into any team in the world. I think any team would take him on the left wing. I think anyone would literally you, any team. You would know, take him. you know who I was thinking where 
like you know when you try to think of a player that is iconic in one shirt and you try to picture him with a completely different shirt you know who i think would absolutely love to have absolutely love to have a son it would be klopp at liverpool oh god they would be terrifying him well, and diaz yeah. Him and Diaz are just absolutely terrifying. I think he walks into any team in the world. He's unbelievable. He's, his smiley, happy face lets him get away with being an absolute shit out on the pitch, which you've got to respect. You have to respect. Um, yeah, Tottenham getting a lot of love on this episode. I don't like it. But yeah, he has been unbelievable <laughs> this season. He's been unbelievable. God damn it. Most improved team in the Premier League. We've got two different takes. Rory, you start. We've talked about him before, and it is my Arsenal bias coming through again. I know it's only from 14th to 12th, but I think the most improved team has been Crystal Palace. I think the style, as I've said before, I'm not going to repeat myself, they're changing style, the change in direction, the youth of the team, the loss of all those key players. Wilf Zahar has had his best scoring season ever, 14 goals, uh, five of them penalties, but still nine goals in the Premier League. That is bloody good. He's had an outstanding season. I think Patrick Vieira has improved that team the most in the Premier League. And my shout is the only team besides Crystal Palace able to <laughs> get 15 draws across the season. <laughs> and it's the big seagull, Brighton and Hove Albion. Look, I keep thinking, what if, what if they had yeah, drawn just one more goal a few times? Yeah, just like one goal in a few games and they would be playing in Europe. Um, I think Brighton are going to annoy the Premier League next season if they're able to do something on the market this summer. Get a striker. Get a striker that isn't Neil Mope and you'll be fine. Or Danny Welbeck. I love you, Danny Welbeck, but you're not that guy. Let's go to Italy. Uh, we've got two shouts. Number one, they get Conference League. They move from 13th place last season to 7th place this season. It's Fiorentina. Always nice to see them back to where they belong. Let's not forget they're one of the sisters of Italian football. Well, I'm glad you said that because someone pointed out that the top seven of the Serie A this year was the seven sisters. Oh, um, shit. The so it, it was, I'm going to go in my head now, Milan, Inter, Napoli, um, Juve, Juventus. Lazio, Roma, and Fiorentina in that order. Fuck you, um, Atalanta. So, Let's go. Yes, it was the Seven Sisters. So it's good to see Fiorentina back up there. And that's why I'm telling you guys, I'm going to repeat it once again. Keep your eye on Italian teams in Europe because they think that Inter may, finally made it to the round of 16. AC Milan are this back This is going to come second. back and bite you in the ass so hard. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I, I, have, I have a feeling that Italian football is going to be back with a bang in the Champions League and in Europe in general. Also very excited to see what Roma do next year in the Europa League. Mm. The other shout is Torino. Great job, uh, great job by Ivan Juric. I said job like Alvaro Romero from uh, <laughs> Great Job by Torino this season with uh, Ivan Juric doing very well. Last year they finished 17th, this year they finished 10th. So James, James, I think he's uh, very good. <laughs> Yeah, he's never going to come on the pod now, is he, Tommy? Oh, well, but one <laughs> shout to Alvaro Romero, shout out to Alvaro Romero because he was one of the few journalists to yeah. answer to one of our messages back in the day when we asked him, "Do you think it's a dumb idea to do a podcast?" And he was just like, "No, guys, just go for it. If you have the passion, do it." And then we were just like, "Do you want to come on?" And it was like, "I'm very busy, guys." But we <laughs> we, we, we are not. No, no, no. He didn't leave it on red. He didn't leave it on, leave it on red. So thank you, Alvaro, for your advice. Overachievers this season, I think we can only go with Empoli, really, yeah. in Serie A. Incredible. If it, 
if it wasn't for a very shitty middle part of the season, I think they could have been the Brighton and the Hove Albion of the Serie A. Uh, very good team, very impressive. Uh, Pinamonti and uh, all his fellas upsetting big teams. They were the giant killers together with Sassuolo this season. They came straight back from Serie B and uh, they weren't they even flirting with... Re- away. Yeah, and they <laughs> like, didn't even flirt with relegation for, for more than a second. So, good job, Empoli. I'm going to go with my shout now uh, to our friend who said that Manchester United were the underachievers. I'm Wait, I'm not throw... doing my overachieving. Oh, sorry, sorry. In, in Serie A? Oh, no, sorry. Go, no, sorry, oh, I'm I going again. Go no, yeah. don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Um, the My shout for overachievers in the Premier League are Manchester United because, <laughs> honestly, there was a moment where I thought that they were uh, going to get Conference League. and They, they did very moved. well to get Europa League. It's good for that <laughs> squad. It's good for the team. So I think they get Europa League, and so they're my overachievers, but, of course, it's just for banter. Rory, who are your actual overachievers of the team? Uh, <laughs> My overachievers are Brentford. I think very similarly to Empoli, um, they came up. People expected them to go down fairly quickly. Brentford came up through the playoffs as well. You have to remember, like the two teams that went up above them automatically, Norwich and Watford, were in absolute disgrace to the Premier League. Empoli, uh, not Empoli, Brentford come up from the playoffs and they, again, never really looked in danger. There was a little period where they started to maybe get dragged in, but they got a win. Um, They got a few wins, maybe one against Everton off the top of my mind, and they managed to keep themselves out of it. Players for them that really stood out, beyond um, the guy who definitely doesn't want to be there, even Tony, um, he got the majority of their goals. I think it is 14 goals. No, wait, that's Will Saha. 12 goals in total, five assists, um, five penalties within that. But the uh, the other players that really stood out to me were um, Umbuemo has been un- um, unbelievable this season and the signing of Christian Eriksen. So he only made, <clears throat> sorry, he only made t- uh, 11 appearances, 10 starts. He got one goal and four assists. And that is a big, big impact within 10 games. And you could see how much he improved their play. I think they've just had a fantastic season. Thomas Frank deserves a lot of credit. And we talked about the way like they do the money ball system. They're very alternative club doing their own thing. And it's good to see it work. The only thing that worries me is that when teams do come up with an alternative style, a la Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds United, they do tend to struggle second season. So it'll be interesting to see if Thomas Frank can keep this momentum going. But for this year, They've definitely been the overachievers. Beautiful. Most disappointing team, underachievers in England. Coincidentally, it's the team with the best goalkeeper, according to Rory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The most disappointing team, except for the goalkeeper. That's the award. Uh, No, I think it's Everton, isn't it? Of course it's Everton. They've... The writing was kind of on the wall, considering how badly they've been run and appointing Rafa Benitez. But I think still nobody expected them to do as badly as they did. We don't need to go into their season. It was an absolute disgrace of a season. But they managed to stay up. They'll end up keeping Frank Lampard, which I don't think is a good idea. But we'll see how they do next season. But many Toffees will be glad that this season is done and dusted. Who are your biggest disappointment in Serie A, Tommy? Ooh. Two teams that I love to mention. Atalanta, finally. No, look, it was kind of sad to see it from an Atalanta perspective. The worst season ever. 
to have season tickets. They won only four games at home this season. They end up outside of Europe for the first time in four years, still considering where they were five years ago. It's very good that they finished eighth. But I think I've, I follow quite a few Atlanta pages and they were not happy with the management. I think it might be the year that Gasperini goes away. The Gasperini era might be over. Will they be able to stay up? I think so, because they've established a very good system. But the other most disappointing team in Italy, you love to say it. It's Juventus, ladies and gentlemen. It's Juventus, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Just for... If you look at the numbers, they're not even that terrifying. Well... The goals scored are very few, 57 goals scored, which is almost 20 less than the third. Um, sorry, it, it's almost 20 less than, uh, than Napoli, 10 less than AC Milan. But the most disappointing thing about Juventus was just the lack of a system. I will never forget watching the Juventus Villarreal game, the first leg in Villarreal. I was just like, this is so boring. This is so boring. This is not Champions League football. It was a leg ball at its finest, mm-hmm. and it wasn't pretty. But uh, usually, a leg ball delivers results. This time around, it didn't. They still managed to get top four, which, given the given how they started the season, wasn't even a given. I think next year they're going to be a little more intimidating than they are now. There are rumors about Pogba coming back, and it seems like it might be happening. Um, I, think, I think, ironically, or but, but rather like in the most suitable thing ever, his hairdresser might have announced it on Instagram today. Doesn't doesn't surprise <laughs> Just me. Just sums it up completely, right? And Di Maria, apparently in talks with the Juventus uh, to end his career over in Turin. But that's it with the season. We've got only one more category, which is the funniest moment of the season. Am I wrong, Rory? Goal of the season and funniest moment of the season. Goal of the season, Teo Hernandez versus Atalanta. That goal is... Now, I don't want to slag off any other great goals, but that one was, uh, besides being a great, great goal, it was also a statement goal. Yeah. We're going to win this league. It was one... They, uh, AC Milan won six games in a row to end the season, which was crucial because Inter were lurking right behind them. And that one was arguably one of the toughest games AC Milan had won against Atalanta at home in God knows how long. And Teo Hernandez goes there to kill the game with a brilliant coast-to-coast. The Atalanta midfield was getting a drink at the bar outside the stadium. But despite that, he did incredibly. And I think that that is the goal that is going to stand out for this season in Serie A. My only outside shout for Serie A, because we were at the stadium, now it's a little bit beer-hazed, but I feel like the Atalanta game we saw, there was an unbelievable goal from Martinez, maybe? Yeah. Which was yeah, an yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful finish. I can kind of see it in the mists of my mind. I couldn't describe it to you now. I just know that it was a very good goal. It, it was a, a very big hit. Goal. It was a very good hit. Yeah, from outside the box, I want to say, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure either. Beer does that to you. <laughs> Drink responsibly, <laughs> listeners. What is your goal of the season in the Premier League? Um, it's going to be Salah versus Man City in at Anfield. Uh, the one where he dribbles past Cancelo and every other defender. And just uh, that classic Salah goal that he's done a few times but he's done it against Norwich he's done it against like you know Brighton but for him to do it against Man City the biggest game of the season just a beautiful beautiful goal 
just textbook Mo Salah. I can't believe we, this is the first time we've really talked about him as well. It's insane. He's had an unbelievable season. Um, so that goal for me. The only other kind of honourable shout is Kovacic against United, I think, where he volleys it. Is it against United or against Liverpool? Might I have no idea. I don't remember. But he volleys <laughs> it. Beautiful finish. Great goal. Um, Tommy, your funniest moment of the Serie A season. Well, I... <laughs> I think one of the funniest moments of the Serie A season was when the referee, when the referee did all that mess in the space of ten seconds in the AC Milan Spezia game. Oh, um, that was ridiculous. Just seeing his own reaction after he blew the whistle <laughs> and the ball went in, and even more his reaction when. Spets has scored on the counter attack. <laughs> there is a particular shot that I have in mind where, well, before when he had ruled out AC Milan's goal, he was just like, oh my God, I've fucked mm-hmm. it. And, when, and he had his, hand, his head, hands all over his face. But when Spezia scored, there is a shot of him just looking into the void and thinking, if I have to die, I might as well die now. Like, I don't want to get all the backlash from what I've done in this game. <laughs> Another very funny moment, though, was when uh, Athenia Jan scored mm. the winner against Genoa over at Marassi, and Mourinho had promised him a pair of new Balenciaga shoes, I want to say. Yeah. And there was the video of him and, like opening the box and giving a hug to Mourinho. I thought that was a great bet uh, that delivered. Beautiful moment. What about you in England? Um, well, in general, I'm going to say I've really, really enjoyed how much Aaron Ramsdale has boiled the piss of every single fan in the Premier League this season, whether it's at Leicester, where we're joining in with the your shit ah, or screaming at Bruno Fernandes, even though he jumped the wrong way for the penalty when Fernandes missed. I think Ramsdale has given me many moments that have made me laugh. Um, but a, a guy who has popped up a lot in this conversation, who he definitely wouldn't have expected it, Jordan Pickford trolling Alice. Well, Jordan Pickford wasting time was funny. But then Allison at the end, grabbing the ball and just falling to the ground was one of the moments that made me laugh out the most in football ever. Like I was watching it and I just burst out laughing. So it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. The way Anfield like celebrated like it was a goal absolute top-notch trolling. I thought that was fantastic. The last one I'm going to mention is on Twitter. Um, Leeds United Twitter is is great, by the way. But at Loina23, or Bob, um, tweeted uh, Matthias Click from Leeds saying, stop giving the fucking ball away, for fuck's sake, and stupid free kicks around the box. It's kids' stuff, for fuck's sake. To which Matthias Click just replied, Fuck off, Bob. <laughs> and now you can you can buy mugs, you can buy t-shirts that have that tweet on it. And after the game, when Leeds stayed up after beating Brentford, Click just tweeted, Bob, are you asleep? And I thought, absolutely <laughs> beautiful. I love the the pettiness of it. I love the conciseness. Just fuck off, Bob. Fantastic. Well done, Click, and well done, Leeds. Guys, we've gotten to the farewells of our second season. Look, I am so thankful for the fact that we just sat down sometime two years ago and we decided to do a podcast because it's it's brought a lot of color to my life. It's made me virtually meet a lot of very interesting people and it gives me... It's a sort of metronome throughout the week. I know that on Monday night we're going live. I know that on Thursday night we're recording. And there is even... I was telling Rory this on Monday night 
even when you've had a shit day or something bad has happened in your life or you're feeling under the weather, when you start recording, maybe the first few minutes you're still thinking about it, but then when you fully let go, this is what keeps me, I think, it's one of the things that keeps me mentally stable. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the downloads and for your guys' clicks and for your guys' comments, we might have quit much, much earlier. We are not quitting anytime soon. We are actually intending of like, thanks also to your criticism, to your advice. I think we're just going to build on something bigger and better for the next season. We're super excited already. We've got plenty of things in mind. All I know right now is that I need a few days off without thinking about the pod, letting my mind wander. And I feel like I might get inspiration to improve what we've got already. Rory, anything to say? Yeah, just everything Tommy said. This this thing keeps me uh, on an even keel for my mental health. It is fantastic and it gives me an outlet. So I'm not just talking to the missus about football constantly like she gives a shit. It is a massive, massive event. So again, thank you guys for listening, for downloading, for telling people, for subscribing, for everything you do to interact. It is fantastic. We appreciate it. And we will see you the other side of the summer for what is going to be an intense season next season, Tommy. We have got a season and a World Cup and an AFCON and then the end of the season to fit in next year. It is going to be intense, but we are going to be there with you the entire way. And it's going to be bigger, better, more. I can't wait. Yeah, and uh, there are some good news coming, but it's not quite the moment to announce them. For now, we just want to say thank you. And we are going to send you off with our customary quote from a player who has retired this year alongside Mark Noble, possibly Andrea Ranocchi at Inter. He's probably the biggest of these two names that I've mentioned. He goes by the name of Giorgio Chiellini, and it's a great quote. He says, how to defend against Cristiano Ronaldo? Well, by giving him as less space as possible and not letting him shoot with his right foot. And against Messi? Well, by praying only. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to us this entire second season. Keep spreading the word. Keep listening to us. We'll be posting regularly throughout the summer for all the interviews that we've done. And uh, thank you is all I can say. Rory? Cheers, guys. We will see you in August. August. End of August. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.